This is Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Information without understanding is not very helpful. Talk with a doctor and feel like you're talking to a friend. Thinking of a master plan. This ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand So I dig into my pocket, all my money spent So I should deep up, still coming up for Lent So I start my mission, leave my residence Good morning, good morning, good morning You are listening live to your favorite health and wellness radio show Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa I am your favorite health and wellness radio show host, Dr. Carissa. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us live. Hope you all are having a fabulous morning this morning. So um, as today is September 22nd, I want to wish everyone a happy first day of fall. And seeing as how it is fall and the season has changed, um, I want to remind everyone to consider your allergies, your seasonal allergies. So soon the leaves will be changing, like I was driving today, driving into our studio here in Atlanta, and I noticed that everything is still green for the most part, but as the leaves change, uh, the pollen count will will change as well, and so, you know, you may want to start your, your seasonal allergy regimen, uh, so that way you can get ahead of the heavier, heavier parts uh, of the season for you. So just a little little tip first off. All righty. And as we usually do, we start our show with our shout outs. Please tell me where you are listening from. We are broadcasting live on our Facebook page. So if you want to tell me where you are listening from, I will shout out your city on our next broadcast. So here we go. Shout outs to my number one fan. Hey, mom, I hope you are having a terrific morning. Shout out to family in Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Houston, Texas, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Charlotte, North Carolina, Ladson, South Carolina, Macon, Georgia, Pensacola, Florida, Center, Alabama, Chesapeake, Virginia, Seattle, Washington, Washington, D.C., Centerville, Virginia, Columbia, South Carolina, Phoenix, Arizona, San Antonio, Texas, Fayetteville, North Carolina, Albany, Georgia, looks like Albany when you write it out, but anyway, Huntsville, Alabama, Miami, Florida, Greenwood, Mississippi, Belize City, Belize, Baltimore, Maryland, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, Memphis, Tennessee, Columbus, Georgia, Hampton, Virginia, Gadsden, Alabama, Woodbridge, Virginia, Oxford, North Carolina, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Hobbs, New Mexico, College Park, Georgia, Cedar Bluff, Alabama, Temecula, California, Newport News, Virginia, Lusby, Maryland, and Opelika, Alabama. Thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to us every Thursday at 11 a.m. on WWE Real 1100 a.m. So, as I said, you can listen to us live. We broadcast live every Thursday morning, or almost every Thursday morning, from our studios here in Atlanta at WWE Real 1100. You can stream this show, www.real1100.com. Uh, you can watch us on Facebook. We are live on our Facebook page now. And I see I have a watcher slash listener. Hey, good morning. Uh, and then you can also uh, stream this show on the Old Fashioned Health Network and the Real 1100 uh, AM Facebook pages. Uh, you can catch our rebroadcast because uh, we rebroadcast on Sundays out of our Las Vegas station. And that is um, 22.3 take over vegas radio that is a tune in radio station so we catch you can catch that rebroadcast every sat excuse me sunday uh 9 a.m pacific time 12 noon eastern time all righty follow us on social media please like and share and share with your friends tell a friend tell someone you know tell someone you don't know tell someone you don't like tell someone that you do like tell everyone about our show because of course as we increase our reach we can increase more things that we can do for our medical health community so on on facebook we are medical minutes with dr carissa on instagram at medical minutes with dr carissa and on twitter at minutes doctor all righty so we're going to go ahead and get into 
our next segment, News You Need to Know. So every week I uh, scan the news and see what the news media is presenting uh, to you all or maybe even what they're not presenting. Uh, and I want to bring a few little snippets for you as well. So every month there are national health observances. And so we at Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa want to be cognizant and uh, of that and shine a spotlight on the uh, health issues that are being um, being highlighted during a certain month. And so September is Healthy Aging Month, National Recovery Month, and that focuses on people who are dealing with um, drug addiction. Uh, National Food Safety and Education Month, National Childhood Obesity Awareness Month, Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, Cholesterol Education Month, Gynecologic Cancer Awareness Month, Blood Cancer Awareness Month, National Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, National Self-Care Awareness Month, I like that one. So those are all of, or all or some, of the health observances that are taking, taking place during September. A recent study published in the journal All, uh, in the journal Alzheimer's and Dementia found that the levels of six plasma metabolites, and so metabolites are the breakdown products um, of what we eat, were and those metabolites were associated with lower cognitive function across all racial and ethnic groups. Um, of course, when we talk about um, these research studies, we know that persons of color. Uh, are underrepresented because of not participating in certain studies. So, you know, you may want to consider consider that um, because the more data we have, the better we can um, make recommendations um, for any particular disease process. But anyway, off my soapbox about that. So the levels of these six plasma metabolites were associated with lower cognitive function across all racial and ethnic groups. According to the study, levels of these metabolites were associated with adherence to the Mediterranean diet. Um, and so associated with uh, the Mediterranean diet positively. Um, so they, were, they found that more people who adhered to the Mediterranean diet had um, lesser lessened risk of developing Alzheimer's um, disease. Previously, a study called the Boston Puerto Rican Health Study revealed similar findings. So you have two different studies that are kind of saying the same thing, which is good. Um, it means that you can kind of trust those results. Um, and the study suggested that cognitive function can also be influenced by modifying dietary habits. So, you know, as we go along in our show calendar, um, you know, I definitely will have uh, someone on to talk about um, what's in our diet and what's wrong with our diet and how we fix it uh, and the things that a, a balanced diet can do for us. Data from a recent study published in the journal Neurology suggested that people with type 2 diabetes can be at increased risk for dementia and that healthy lifestyle choices can lower that risk uh, for dementia. Um, and so when we talk about healthy lifestyle choices, of course, diet is one of those things. So that falls into or correlates with what we um, were talking about in the other study. Um, but it also, you know, means exercise, uh, managing chronic diseases, um, you know, those kinds of things to help us feel better and be better in our lives. And this was an interesting study that I saw. And I think that so I have to say this study is partially partially um, funded by the walnut industry, which I didn't know there was such a thing, but there is. Um, so here we go. Nuts are generally considered a part of a balanced diet due to their high levels of protein, fiber, and healthy fats. According to researchers from the University of Minnesota, people who consume walnuts have a better heart disease risk profile than those who do not eat walnuts. The benefits of walnuts in your diet include less weight gain and a higher quality diet. Walnuts are thought to be the superstars of the nut family because they contain the highest amount of omega-3 fatty acids which uh, are proven to lower triglyceride levels and reduce plaque formation, thereby reducing um, the risk of heart disease. So, you know, I'm not a walnut eater, but maybe I should be. I like walnuts and brownies, but I don't think that that would be helpful. Anyway, we'll, we'll figure it out. All righty. 
This segment has been brought to you by Freeman Moore Medical Consultants, your premier disability consultant service. You can reach them at www.freemanmoremedical.com. This is Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and I am your host, Dr. Carissa, and we will be right back after a brief break. Would you mind saying that again? Just for Pets Wellness Center reminds old-fashioned health listeners and pet owners to never leave pets unattended inside a parked vehicle, not even for a quick errand. Temperatures can rise to dangerous levels fast. Visit our website for more information at www.just4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. Classic. 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 Classics are forever. Being unique and creative is a gift. Represent it well, and respect will be granted. Get your classics apparel today at classicsbrand.com. Classics isn't just a brand, it's a lifestyle. Classic. back welcome back if you're just joining us you are tuned in to your favorite health and wellness radio show medical minutes with dr carissa and i am your host dr carissa and today we are resuming our money and medicine segment where every fourth thursday of the month uh, we have our financial expert mr brian ford from northwestern mutual on with us to talk about various money topics so today we're going to talk about inflation recession and how you can navigate economic downturns so everyone is concerned about their money right so you know i'm just gonna throw y'all back just a few minutes uh a few months rather and remember when gas was like five dollars a gallon and how painful that was i know that that hurt me i have a, a bigger car and so that was that was a lot but anyway um, so later on in this in the show, our friend Mr. Brian Ford will give us some great tips on how to navigate through financial uncertainties. But first, let's talk about what these terms mean because, of course, when we are listening to the news, um, you know they talk about um, inflation and recession and economic downturn, and you know they throw these terms out but don't really give a lot of definitions. And I have to tell you, I gave myself a little bit of education in researching this, and I'm going to tip my hat to my financial advisor, economic people, um, because reading all of this and trying to understand it and make sense of it and break it down, even for myself, made my head hurt and my eyeballs itch. So tip my hat to y'all who, who do that kind of stuff. But anyway, so what is a recession? A recession is a contraction of the economy. Um, and contraction means a shrinking in terms of the number of dollars um, that are circulating out uh, in the economy at any point in time. So a common definition is two consecutive quarters of decline in the GDP, the gross domestic product, because I know we all are paying attention to that, right? Right. So there are four hallmarks of a recession. One is decreased consumer spending. Two, increased business costs. Three, reduced lending. And four, stock market decline. So those four things happen together um, to create a economic recession. Features of a recession include a decreased production of goods, a decreased consumption of goods and services, and increased unemployment. And sometimes you'll see lower price levels. Causes of a recession include, um, basically, there's a decline in consumer confidence, right? So basically, consumer confidence is that the individual consumer has a gut feeling that the good times are about to come to an end from a financial standpoint, right? That things are not going to go well in the nearer future. So you may have... Um, 
decrease from a, from a business standpoint, you may have a a decrease in worker hours. You may have you may see layoffs um, and that kind of thing. And so, of course, those things are going to um, decrease income on the individual level, right? And so, of course, when we have decreased income, we don't spend as much because you can't spend what you don't have or you're not supposed to anyway, right? Um, unemployment rises because, of course, businesses cut back or they shut down or slow down. People spend less, so they're holding on to their money more so, like holding on to that for that rainy day that they think will be coming um, more so than they naturally do. So there's kind of a heightened um, feeling of saving um, for those monies that you do have coming in. Um, and of course, there are the natural cutbacks due to decreased income. So your discretionary spending. Um, so travel, for example, eating out um, is another example of things that may be um, cut back due to these factors. You will also see um, a manufacturing decline. So less things are being made and services will also decline as well. Prices can fall, and that is called deflation, and we're going to talk about inflation in a minute, um, and particularly um, of your discretionary items, right? And your spending focuses um, mostly on relatively, relatively low price necessities. So you are really, really cutting back to, to basics. Liquidity will decrease, and so this is talking about at the um, level of banks. So the banks will be less motivated to lend money, um, and then interest rates will will decrease, and therefore the profits for the bank will decrease. And so that's why they don't want to lend as much money, because they don't make money. Are y'all following so far? Hope so. Um, and so, you know, and also you will see um, stock prices decrease, which can be a good thing for those who do have discretionary income, because, of course, with stocks, you want to buy low. And if you sell, sell high. So um, a depression, I'm just going to throw this little extra term in, is a prolonged recession. So over a longer period of time. So the the example that most of us are familiar with is the Great Depression of the 1930s, which actually spanned it um, 10 years from 1929 to 1939. And we remember the great stock market crash and the runs on the banks and that kind of thing from our history books, right? So what does the government do to fight recession? So during a recession, the U.S. Central Bank, also known as the Federal Reserve, also known as the Fed, um, will take steps to correct an economic downturn because, of course, preventing a depression um, is, is the goal. Um, recessions happen and they usually are short-lived, um, but prolonged recession can cause depression and mass panic and, and all of that, right? So the Fed will attempt to increase the money supply um, so they don't print more money unless, you know, because you don't have anything to back that up um, because that would be bad. But they want to lower interest rates. So lowering interest rates will give people the confidence to seek more loans. Right. Um, and so they are, are spending more money. Um, and it makes it cheaper from a business standpoint. It makes it cheaper for businesses to borrow money, right? And so when they borrow money to help float them through these economic downturns, it means that they don't have to lay off staff or cut hours or, and do things like that. So it keeps more people employed. And then you have discount lending as well. So, um, you know, that really talks about how um, how banks get money from the Federal Reserve, um, that they have to borrow that money from the Federal Reserve. And um, so if there is a decreased lending rate for banks, then banks will have more money. They will increase their liquidity and will then turn that over um, into the community. This all sounds clear as mud, doesn't it? It's something. That's why I said I tip my hat to, to you, uh, you economic budget folks. Now, inflation. Inflation refers to a, an increase over a sustained period of time um, to the prices of goods and services. 
And so, you know, the price of everyday items increase because, you know, let's let's just be honest and keep it real. Most of us don't care what's happening with the Fed. You should. But that's kind of a that's kind of an in the clouds view in, in, in my in my opinion. Right. Of what's happening between governments. Um, you know, when we talk about the the value of currencies and how that influences world markets, you know, that that's a like a 10,000 foot view. Right. But on the ground, what we care about is the price of stuff that we need and the price of stuff that we buy. Right. So. So that's why inflation is the I guess the more um, glitzy of the two topics. So now why does inflation happen? So basically it is a supply versus demand issue, right? So in terms of decreased supply, demand increases and therefore the price increases. So when you look at a business model, all businesses are in business to make money, right? Nobody goes into business to break even. So when I have a fewer things to sell and I know that people want these things, I will increase the price. So that way my profit margin as a business owner stays and I can continue to have employees and keep these employees and not reduce hours and all of that. So you see how all of this stuff kind of interworks together. So real world examples of um, that supply and demand issue. Um, so during COVID-19, and that's why we're talking about this, because as we are now kind of in the ends of COVID-19, kind of, um, you know, we are now having an opportunity to look back at the economic uh, impacts of COVID-19. And so whenever um, I, I tease with my friends and, and my family that whenever they can't find anything, I will quickly just say, you know, supply chain issues, but that's what it is. And, you know, I'm joking, but it really is that, Right. So during COVID-19, during the lockdown, so you have decreased manufacturing, right? Because everybody was out of work. And then you had decreased manufacturing um, in other countries where we get goods from because of their lockdowns. So, you know, looking at you, China, right? China shut down lots and lots and lots of factories where goods and goods are made that are then imported to the United States and all around the world. So, you know, you have decreased manufacturing, you have increased production costs, right? Um, because you can't get the substrates, the, the base materials that you need to make the things that you are then going to export and sell. And then you have decreased shipping. So do you all remember when all of the, um, the, shipping, um, the shipping boats were, were stuck off the coast of California? right off the west coast because there weren't people on the docks who could take the who could offload these ships right so stuff was just sitting there floating forever and then that has a ripple effect because if you can't get the stuff off the boats onto the trucks into the stores then guess what they're not in the source for us to buy so there's that decreased supply and then of course the demand is still the same or maybe it raises and then the price goes up so there we are. So, you know, with decreased shipping, you have decreased goods on the sales on, on shelves, excuse me, and then you have increased pricing. Now, so so there's that part, right? But now the war in Ukraine, right? So, you know, I've seen on social media a lot of people talking about why should we care about Ukraine and how they treat this person, that person, you know, all of this other kind of stuff, right? Um, but here is why you should care. I mean, outside of the the basic humanity and you know all of the inhumane things that are happening there but when we talk about looking at how things affect our individual pocketbooks you should care about international things because of this here we go so the war in ukraine has disrupted supply chains for oil wheat corn and precious metals so when gas went up to five dollars a gallon there you go because there was less oil in the world market, like available in the world market. Um, so again, decreased supply, increased demand, particularly here in the United States where we do not have um, great alternative transportation um, methods. So the price goes up and here you, and there you have it, boom, you're at $5 a gallon for, for gas. 
um, when you talk about your precious metals. So a lot of those precious metals go into making semiconductors, which are major components for just about everything that is electronic. So again, I have decrease of my substrate, so I cannot make these goods. Therefore, I have less to ship and then they're delayed in their shipping. Boom. The demand is still there. Boom. Price goes up. Right. So, you know, so that is why we, we should really care about things that are happening and we should pay attention to things that are really happening economically, because um, even though you don't think that it has anything to do with you and that it doesn't affect you when you're paying five dollars for a gallon of gas, there you are. You are affected whether you connect those dots or not. So inflation becomes a major problem when the inflation rate gets to be too high. Now, inflation and recession are two distinct entities, but they are linked. And I hope that I have uh, done an adequate job of putting those basic building blocks together of how those things go. And high inflation rates can be indicative of an impending recession. But now, what about now? So according to the general definition that I told you all about, um, the U.S. entered a recession in the summer of 2022. So we are still kind of there. But all of the factors that we talk about when we talk about a recession, a uh, recession, excuse me, um, are not necessarily there. So, for example, the unemployment rate um, is at a reported all time low or low over a couple years or so. Um, and prices are lowering because gas is not $5 a gallon anymore, right? Um, and so that that has been uh, been, been kind of coming down. So it gets to be kind of complicated, not kind of complicated, it gets to be complicated as all get out, um, right? When we are trying to judge. But now, big picture was that. Small picture, focus picture is, how do I and my individual spending plan also known as a budget, but I like spending plan better. Mr. Brian Ford taught me that term and I love it. Um, how, how does that affect me and how do I navigate um, through these changes? And when we come back from a brief break, we will have Mr. Brian Ford of Northwestern Mutual on the air with us to tell us exactly that. You are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am your host, Dr. Carissa, and we will be right back after a brief break. and was having problems with my landlord. He's a creep. One night I'm watching TV and I hear my landlord letting himself in. Hey, get out. You can't keep coming in. I'm just here to fix your fridge and spend some time together. Get out. I'm reporting you. Don't make a federal case of it. A federal case? Sexual harassment and housing is against federal law. If you are harassed, file a complaint with HUD. Go to hud.gov slash fairhousing. If you fear for your safety, call 911. Fair housing, the law is on your side. A message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that no matter the time of the day and no matter what day of the week, East Coast, West Coast, all points in between, we are always on. So go to your app store and download the Real 1100 app and listen wherever and whenever. The Real, Real, Real. Welcome back. If you are just tuning in, you are listening live to your favorite health and wellness radio show, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am your host, Dr. Carissa, and today we are joined by good friend of the show, Mr. Brian Ford of Northwestern Mutual. And we are going to try and make sense of this inflation, recession, depression, all of this stuff and try and figure out how we get through this all and together. Mr. Ford. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? And welcome back. This is your first segment for this season. I'm so excited about it. Likewise. Very excited. Awesome. So now, 
I, I am going to say, as I said before, I will I will say it again. I, I tip my hat to to you financial economic folks, because just in doing this research for this, this made my head hurt. And, you know, and, and I guess everybody has their has their lane. Um, and, and this is definitely not mine. And I, I will say I am someone who when I first got a checkbook, just would get frustrated with trying to balance my checkbook. So I am really, really in trying to understand inflation and all of this really, really out of my depth. But that's why I have you. So let me just give you uh, the first question that that we want to know, because, again, you know, when we're talking about the 10,000 foot view of how this is happening at the government level, at the Federal Reserve level, at business level, but, you know, just bringing it down to the ground. Um, what prices should we watch for to determine an economic downturn or inflation? Excellent question. So to make it very real for this year, I would turn to the, towards the housing market. Maybe. Okay. So the past couple of years, the housing market has been white hot. Houses flying off the market mm-hmm. you know, faster than the price can, can get listed, and the sign goes in the yard. And since the Fed have been raising interest rates this year, mortgage rates have started to climb. And so it's been a shift in the housing market due to that, to where not as many people feel triggered to hurry up and go buy a house because they don't want to pay a higher interest rate. And so you're starting to see the prices of homes start to stabilize as a result of that, which is exactly what the Fed wanted to have happen by raising interest rates. So when you say that the Fed wanted this to happen, so it was a, and, and I'm, I'm being really, really simplistic here because I'm trying to understand it myself. Um, so it's not a good thing when, when houses are flying off the market. It, it's a good thing for a short period of time, okay. but it can't be sustained over a long period of time because ultimately you get to a place to where a large population of the country ends up getting priced out of being able to buy a home because the prices have appreciated so rapidly and so fast. So now all of a sudden someone who could have bought a home can't anymore because they can't afford it. And so ah. to keep that from happening, you got to kind of stabilize things from getting out of control. Okay. So the the short term fix is to raise interest rates, which makes it harder for people to buy homes until the housing prices stabilize, and then the opportunity becomes more more equitable. Am I understanding you correct? Yeah, yeah, in, in a general sense. Got it. Okay. And so, you know, what about at the grocery store? So are are things are the prices of things like milk and bread? You know, because those are the things that we care about, right? So you go to the store, you have a, a budget or a spending plan for your groceries for that week or whatever. And you notice, you know, that a gallon of milk is a lot more expensive than it was. Or a loaf of bread is a lot more expensive than it was. Should we be paying attention to those things and, and, and being concerned about about them in terms of the the economy as a whole? Or is this just individual businesses trying to make more money it's something to keep an eye on to where with inflation as high as it has been for the past year and a half maybe going on two years now mm-hmm. um, the price of goods at a grocery store as you'd imagine as most people have seen they skyrocket for right exactly um but as this interest rate starts shifting around over time we should see a stabilization of that stuff as well just basic rules of supply and demand, the supply chain stuff that we ran into with COVID has kind of corrected itself. So the mm-hmm. supply chain is, is, you know, evened itself out. Um, and so you, you will see, I, I can't tell you, you know, things will fall off the cliff, but over over time it won't continue at the pace that it has been climbing. Per se. Gotcha. So eventually, you know, the, the, the prices of these things will normalize again. They, you will start to see them, see them to decrease. But I will say, and, and Mr. Ford, correct me if I'm wrong, that I think that if you once you start to notice that these things are, are a little more expensive, 
you may want to look at other things in your spending plan and and you know make the necessary adjustments because you don't know how long these these periods will last for would that would that be solid advice yeah to a to degree one, one thing I, I had a conversation recently with with a client was you know, nowadays it's so easy to set things up on autopilot and have subscriptions for mm. who knows what, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's linked to your credit card, or your bank card. And so one way to kind of do a, an audit on that is just get a new bank card number, a new credit card number. Mm. And that'll force all those subscriptions to have to come to you to get the new information. And now all of a sudden you get to pick and choose and decide like, nope, I don't want this anymore. I don't need it anymore. Excellent. Why do I even have? Oh yeah, because I I know I have subscriptions that I probably don't don't use. Like you know, like all of us, you know, because you sign up for these apps and they're a dollar ninety nine a month, and you say, okay, you know, it's two dollars, whatever. But you know that two dollars adds up when it's a lot. And of course, you know, if the streaming services or whatever you know or subscriptions that you have are are more than the dollar ninety nine, it it really really. Um, does add up so that's a that's a great time I hadn't hadn't thought about that about you know those discretionary funds um, in terms of our entertainment dollars being those those um, I won't say that they're they're sneaked in or snuck in I won't say that because we are subscribing to them but you know just that mindless mindless subscriptions um, I, I think and so now when we talk about earlier when I when I was given my little my little crash tutorial there um, about you know times of recession that we see decreases in stock prices so now here we have the here we have the conundrum as I see it so stock prices you know just for the average person right stock prices are are dropping and as we as we know that you should buy stocks when the prices are low However, if you are facing an economic downturn and you are your gestalt is to decrease your discretionary spending, how do we square that? Because, you know, for the long term, buying these stocks at a low price would be great because eventually the price is going to raise again and you're going to make a little money. But if you are facing a situation where you have to tighten your belt or, you know, all of us should kind of tighten our belts during these, these uncertain economic times, like how do you, how do you rationalize, how do you rationalize that? Or how do you make that decision that yes, now is a good time to buy whatever stock? Sure. So it's kind of sequencing. So first you want to just look at your pile of cash that you have on here. Mm Mm-hmm. And first, make sure that that's exactly where it needs to be. Because, you know, for most people, you're employed by someone. And one of the characteristics of recessions is employment numbers start to creep up. And so mm-hmm. in the event, if you find yourself, um, you know, looking for another job or um, in an unemployment line, now you have a block of cash that you can lean back on to sustain you while you're unemployed. Mm-hmm. Um, once you have that um, exactly where you need to be, which... Um, most people would tell you three to six months of living expenses on hand. Mm-hmm. Above and beyond that, would be wiser to take those dollars and go deploy it into the market potentially to buy those stocks while they're at a discount. Right. Instead of just letting the money just sit in cash for a long period of time. Got it. Got it. So you're just kind of hedging your bets that better days um, are are ahead. Um, with that, but do, but do keep your emergency to, fund to together. Some... Absolutely, yeah. Don't don't go and rob your emergency fund and go buy a stock to discount because you very well may end up needing that cash. Right. And to to give you some color around the stock market, I, I went and looked this morning. So you know that every everybody knows that S and P five hundred is down this year. Mm-hmm. It's down about as about fifteen percent. Well, when you kind of zoom out some and you look at it over, let's say, the past five years, it's up 50%. So it's like, yeah, it sucks. It's down 15% this year. When you look over a longer period of time, it actually is up and it's up quite a bit. And so that that tells me it's still behaving in a way, you know, from a historical vantage point that you expect it to. So don't go and make a knee-jerk 
you know, decision right now in the heat of the moment that could adversely impact you long term. Got it. So don't panic. There yeah, definitely don't panic. Yeah, well, you know, because again, you know, I, I, I love history. And so, you know, in researching this topic, getting to, you know, getting back into the Great Depression and, you know, how the stock market crashed and people were running to banks and, and not even just looking at history. You can look around the world when these governments are collapsing. Um, so, for example, look at Afghanistan. So, you know, when when the United States pulled out of Af- Afghanistan, that created a, a crisis on many levels. But looking at from the economic standpoint, you know, a lot of the banks have frozen, you know, a lot of their assets are frozen. So people can't get money out of banks. Um, and so, you know, so you do see those types of um, of depressions, if you will, around the world and people, you know, just clamoring to get into a bank to get whatever they can, um, you know, just so that they can survive from day to day. Um, so you do see those, you know, if we are paying attention and I suggest that we do, you do see these things happening all around the world. You don't have to just look to history um, to to see these things. They're playing out in real time. So last question that I have before I'm going to just open it up to you. Um, Can we pull from investments during economic downturns to supplement our spending plan? And do you recommend that we do that? You could. um, And the answer is it kind of depends. And so if you have an investment account and it's down for the year, Ideally, you don't necessarily want to liquidate anything and pull anything out Mm -hmm. because if you liquidate and sell while it's down, now you're violating exactly what you talked about before, buy low, sell high. Mm -hmm. Now you're selling low. Mm. And if you sell, you lock in that cover. Um, But, you know, depending on circumstances and what other financial obligations you may be facing, you may not have another option. Right. In the event, if you you do that and it's inside of a taxable account then you could um write off some of the losses that you incurred to hmm. reduce your tax bill okay and and that that caps at three thousand dollars for the year and so let's say your basis of an investment was uh, maybe thirty thousand dollars okay and now the market drops and now the account is down to 25 and so if you liquidated that account there's five thousand dollars in loss that you incurred, incurred. Okay. You could take three thousand of that, write it off on your taxes for this year, and carry forward um, the other two thousand right off on a, another year later down the road. Oh wow! Okay. So there, so there is is hope because mm-hmm. I was just thinking, you know, when I came up with that question, I was just thinking this is probably not a good thing to do, but something good can come out of it. Um, if you absolutely need it to. And, and that's in the situation of extreme. And so that's what I'm not saying for people. Um, and I know Mr. Ford is not suggesting for people to, you know, gas went to $5 a gallon. And so now you're going to pull from your 401k to supplement, um, you know, to supplement whatever you've got going on. That That is not what we are suggesting at all. But for people who are continuing to experience economic hardship as a result of prolonged unemployment so maybe you are in a situation where you know your unemployment benefits have 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 been tapped out you've tapped out your emergency fund and now you're down to looking at liquidating your investments so this is kind of a this strategy is kind of a a strategy of of last resort if you will after you have have worked all of those other things other things out so that way you know you can continue to have the basics right so food shelter that kind of thing all right mr ford anything else that we need to know about surviving during an economic downturn um a couple of things i would add for those who are employed by someone okay if you haven't already strongly encourage you to go update your resume now even if you're not looking you have no desire to leave your employer at all you're completely satisfied make sure your resume is current because as we all know the ties can quickly change and shift right and so if you're ready you don't have to get ready and so the time comes you're prepared and now you can be presentable and marketable in the marketplace versus reacting and now you got a whole nother thing you got to add to your plate on top of just 
you know, the psychological impact of you all of a sudden finding out that you lost your job. So I, I would strongly encourage everyone who's working with someone to do that. Um, the other thing, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, the, the other thing I was going to add to that is looking at your entire insurance portfolio. So mm -hmm. your auto insurance, making sure that that's appropriately covered. Because if there starts to become ways of layoffs and people losing their jobs, imagine losing your job and you're driving home. Um, you're going to be a little bit more angry than usual. Right. More people on the road. Road right. rage starts creeping up. So accidents could be a, a little bit more of a thing. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Their home insurance, um, health insurance, dental vision, all of that stuff. Um, protecting your paycheck, like the, all of those insurance, there for a reason. So make sure you, you know, definitely take advantage of them. Um, a umbrella policy would be a good idea just to make sure. In the event, if you do, let's say if you rear into somebody and they're trying to come after your personal assets, you do have that also. Hmm. Okay. Again, I I, I love these segments because I always learn something. Always learn something new. So yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to uh, text you about these umbrella policies because I'm like that's something that I want to learn more about and about protecting. So okay, I'm going to ask this question just because everybody I'm sure wants to know this. When you talk about insurances that protect your paycheck, what 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 is what products are those? Sure. So I, I was more so referring to disability insurance. So heaven mm. forbid, mm -hmm. going back to the car accident. Let's say you get in a car accident and it's pretty severe you're having to go to a lot of rehabilitative you know physical um, therapy just to kind of get yourself back to normal again mm -hmm. and if you're out of work well your employer isn't going to typically pay your paycheck right so now you have a deficit and, uh, and that's where those policies come into play gotcha 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 yeah and so you know when you were talking about the the uncertainty so for those in the atlanta area um, you know, over the past few weeks, we had a surprise event that one of our level one trauma centers here, Atlanta Medical Center, is the, the I guess the owners of the hospital, I would say the Wellstar, um, Wellstar group, um, announced that they're closing the hospital. So they um, announced this on September 1st, that on November 1st, so in 60 days, the hospital would close or 60 days from September 1st. So imagine, and this kind of came out of nowhere from, from what I understand. So imagine you finding out that you in 60 days will not have a job. And, you know, and it can happen to anyone because when I say people are going to be looking for work, I'm talking about doctors, nurses, technicians. So it isn't just your, you know, you know, these are high earning people who you would expect will never be out of a job right but it's happening um, now of course they may they're employable so they they may be able to find find employment elsewhere um, but the fact that you know you thought you had a stable job in the healthcare industry which by all you know by all measurements has been a reliable industry but you do have these these incidents that happen so you know these economic downturns um that are out of your control can happen to anyone um and at any level so you know we we all have to um to do our due diligence um to protect ourselves um you know to keep making sure that we are keeping up with our insurances and that we have the maximum um, insurance benefits across all all instances um, to protect ourselves should these things happen. Mr. Ford, always a pleasure, always so informative. Thank you, thank you so much, and thank you and thank our friends at Northwestern Mutual for signing on with us for for another season. I do deeply appreciate it, and we look forward to talking with you next month. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brian Ford of Northwestern Mutual. Bye-bye. Until next time. See you next time. We are going to take a brief break, and then we will wrap up our show. You are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am your host, Dr. Carissa, and we'll be right back. Why choose Just for Pets Wellness Center? 
compassionate pet care services featuring an experienced veterinary team to superior customer service in a caring and friendly environment. We offer individual attention and tailored treatment for each pet. Visit our website for more information at www.justthenumber4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. Hi, I'm Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and I'm here to help you make sense of medicine. Join me every Thursday at 11 a.m. for clear, informative conversations about health issues. Don't be intimidated by fancy medical speak. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on Real 1100 a.m. Learn what questions to ask your doctor about your medical conditions, and let's talk about your health. listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, your favorite health and wellness radio show. I am your host, Dr. Carissa, and we're going to close out with our vitamin C. It's going to be kind of brief today because I didn't write it down, so I'm going just kind of off the cuff here. But Mr. Ford reminded me of something that my grandmother, um, who was one of the smartest women that I have ever known in my whole life, although she wasn't a school-educated person, she was incredibly intelligent. And and one of the things that she said that Mr. Ford mentioned, that if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And that leads me to talking about, you know, preparation. And so we can do all that we can to prepare for the worst, right? But then things happen that are out of our control. And so I won't say that you can't worry about it, prepare for it, stay ready, stay vigilant. But just remember, um, you know, when we're talking about these economic downturns, downturns, excuse me, and such, that it seems very, very bleak if you are in the midst of this situation. But just remember that these periods of recession and depression and such, they don't last. Eventually, you know, they will go on to a point and then factors will come into play to try and correct those things. And so I will leave you with this. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. All will be well. Just hang in there. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our show today and every Thursday when you tune in. I do appreciate it. So until we meet again, hopefully next Thursday at 11 a.m. here on Real 1100 a.m., be good to yourself, be good to each other, take care. This is Dr. Carissa. Thanks for joining me this week on Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Join me next week for more comfortable yet in-depth conversation. Have a great week. Have you been getting IRS balance due notices in the mail? Do you owe back taxes with growing penalties and interest? Have you not filed tax returns in several years? Are you being audited by the IRS? You can't fight the 